a couple years ago, uh, I, I have a really good friend. His name's Gabe, and Gabe um, is is rad. He's a really good skateboarder, and um, we would go skating a lot. We kind of not so much anymore. You know, he moved to Felsmere, and who wants to go to Felsmere? <laughs> anyways, I know some people live in Felsmere here. That's why I said that. Um, but anyway, so Gabe, he's a really good skateboarder, and there's a skate park in Sebastian that we'd go to a lot. Anyone ever go to the Sebastian Skate Park? One, two, nobody. Oh, look at that. Um, cool. That's awesome. That makes me so happy because sometimes every single time I go there, I'm the only, one per only person there. And, was, and I ask the person, like, hey, you've been busy today? And you're like, yeah, you're the first one. I'm like, all right. So every now and then, Gabe and I would go to the skate park. And um, Gabe's a little bit of a wild guy, you know what I mean? He's a little loose. Yeah, sure. And, uh, and, uh, there's this woman that works there. Her name is Joan, and she's wild, too, to, in, to say it in a nice way. And so one time, Gabe was skating at the skate park, and, and he was not wearing his helmet, which is against the rules of the skate park. You have to wear your helmet. You have to wear your brain bucket. You know what I mean? And so one day, Gabe was skating, and he wasn't wearing his helmet. And so Joan came out, and she was very angry. And she goes, Gabe, you got to wear your helmet when you skate. That's how she talks, and she like has a <laughs> and, so, and Gabe was like, all right, whatever, lady, I'll put it on. And then skated for a little bit. She went back in the office. He took the helmet off. She comes out, Gabe! He didn't put it on. So then they begin to get in this little bit of an uh, argument, and the end of the argument is Gabe gets banned from the skate park, okay? That's just what happens when you mess with Joan, okay? <laughs> And so, so to this day, when you walk into the office of the skate park, there is his name on the, written on a piece of paper on the wall, and also another one of our friends, Jimmy, who also got banned that day. <laughs> and their names are there on the wall of the skate park, so that whenever they come, they're not allowed in. Okay? So now, there, there was two employees at Sebastian Skate Park. There was Joan and some other guy. And then they hired a third guy, okay? So Joan and the other guy were both there the day that Gabe got kicked out of the skate park. However, this new guy, he was not. I think everybody's picking up on what's going down. So Gabe comes one day, or his friend goes, and he texts him and says, hey, yo, the new guy's here. Come to the skate park. He doesn't know your band. He's like, all right. So he shows up, and... So they ask him his name, and he looks and he sees his name written on the thing. And he goes, uh, Shane Gallagher. <laughs> that stinks for me, right? That's my name, everyone. That's not his name. <laughs> and so he, 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 he says Shane Gallagher, and the guy's like, all right, no problem, checks him in. And I had never been there when the new guy was there. So then a couple weeks later, I'm going to the skate park, and I, like, sit in the group chat or whatever, like, hey, I'm going to Sebastian. Anyone want, want to come? Everyone's like, no, not really. I don't want to hang out with you. And then Gabe's like, hey, just so you know, little quick little thing, you have to use a different name when you go to the skate park. I'm like, are you kidding me, dude? So I show up, and he's like, what's your name? And I thought of my first friend, and I'm like, Nick. So now I'm Nick. Gabe's Shane. And then a couple months later, I come to the skate park with my friend Nick. Duh. So I come in, and they say, 
what's your name? And I'm like, I'm Nick, you know me. And then Nick goes, uh, I'm Parker. So now my friend Parker can't come to the skate park when this guy's coming either. And then the, the guy signs him in, and then he goes, oh, hey, Nick, to me, your waiver has expired. You need to sign a new waiver. So here I am signing a legal document. As somebody else named Nick, I don't even know how to spell his last name. <laughs> I, li I literally nudge him. I'm like, is it two M's or is it two R's? And he's like, two R's. <laughs> Actually, I still don't know how to do that. That's probably wrong. The moral of the story, don't mess with Joan. <laughs> the reason why I bring it up is that I got caught in a sticky situation, you get me, yeah. So now, to this day, when I go to the skate park and that guy is working, I am Nick, I'm still stuck, I haven't figured out a way out. <laughs> this wasn't like years ago, this was like literally maybe six months ago. So, months ago, maybe. So, if you see me at Sebastian's skate park, be like, what's up Nick? Because I'm not trying to get banned. The reason why I bring this up is because I got caught in a situation that was plenty avoidable, but I got caught. And Jesus here, he tells this story, he tells a parable, and he finishes it by talking about the thorny ground, and that when the seed falls into the thorny ground, the thorns will go up and snatch the words, and they will get caught. And so that's what we want to talk about this morning, my message title tonight I only teach in the mornings this is weird I'm like so this morning it's all now morning you have to go to school after this caught in a trap is my message title if you guys are taking notes it's caught in a trap and Jesus he, he tells the parable I'll, I'll do a quick recap even though we spent three weeks in it he tells this parable of a man a a, a, uh, a sower not like a sower but like a sower of seeds and he goes out and, he, and he's scattering his seed. And the first time he throws it and it falls along the wayside. The second time he throws it and it falls on the sidewalk or the stony, stony ground. And then the third one he throws and it lands amongst the thorns. And then Jesus in, uh, in the end of verse 20 something, he says, he explains what it is. And he says that when it falls into the thorny ground, the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches snatch up God's words that's trying to enter our hearts, and it makes us so we're unable to bear fruit. So he says that the cares of this world and the deceitfulness, deceitfulness of riches is what snatches up God's word, and it can hold it ransom in our lives. So the, the, the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches. So that's what the thorny ground is, and that's what you can get caught in, and so we're going to learn out how to get out of it, yeah? I'm like super claustrophobic, and so if there's a small place, I'm like, I need to get out of it. When we were in Israel a couple weeks ago, um, I was, we were walking through this tunnel. It's like a tunnel that people like chiseled out of uh, like a mountain to like, I don't know, change the water to go somewhere else. It was like, 
like ancient plumbing, you get me. It's like <laughs> irrigation, yeah. And, uh, and we walked through it, and it was, like, really tight and, like, dark. And I was like, okay, get me out of here. And I had to, like, I was, like, humming songs and, like, just looking forward and, like, going because I had to get out. of. So we, we want to learn how to get out of this trap that Jesus warns about. And so my, my first point is that when you're not looking, you won't find anything. When you're not looking, if you want to put, like, in parentheses, for a way out, you're not finding anything. Jesus, he tells us that when the, when the seed falls on the thorny ground into the thorns, and he describes what the thorns are, is the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches. And I would summarize maybe uh, our own plans or our own purposes, that when the word comes in, we, we, we get caught in this trap and, and we don't know a way out. And I want to say that if you're not looking for a way out, you're never going to find it. And let me explain. I believe that when every one of us was born, we were born into this trap, if you will. Because the, the Bible tells us that we were born into sin, that we were born apart from God, that we were born not doing the things of God, but doing the things of ourselves. In the Bible, it would say that God, referring to God, that your ways are not my ways and your thoughts are not my thoughts. Expressing that God is different than we are. So that when we are born by nature, what we are doing is we are living our life to please ourselves, right? I think of like babies. They don't really care about other people. Right? I mean, let's be real. They cry when they want food, and they, and they don't care, like, if you're tired, right? They'll just start crying. I don't know. None of you guys have babies, so I'll move on. But so we, we were born into this way that we are living to please ourselves. We are living for the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches, or, or, or we can change that and say maybe uh, comfort. Yeah, we're, we're living for a, a better way of life. We're living for not what we have now, but something that's better in the future. And so that when we're born, we automatically are serving that. We, we're born and we're like, where do I want to go? What do I want to do? What? And we're only thinking about ourselves. And so by nature, when we're born, we're not really looking for a way out. That's just what's going on. That we're we're born into the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches. And I believe also that this goes for all of the grounds, if you will. I, I feel like when, whenever I've thought about this, this passage of scripture in the past, it's more of like an evangelical sense where, where we want to walk around and we have the seeds of God and we're walking around as Christians sharing the gospel with other people. It's like, this is what to expect. Some people aren't going to understand it. Some people aren't going to care after a few days, and some people, uh, they're too busy, right? And so it's just like, kind of know what you're getting into. But I think that all of us started with all three of these grounds, all three of these soils, and that God ha has now, because we're here, is now speaking through whatever it is, the hard ground, the, the wayside, or the thorny ground. And so we all started like this. And we need to understand that we need to start looking for a way out. Secondly, I want to tell us that the exit is 
through the gift shop. Exit through the gift shop. Anyone ever exited through a gift shop? Yeah, yeah, like every theme park. You're like in the ride, and then it's like you're on like the Simpsons ride or something, and then you like walk through, and there's like all these like Bart Simpsons pillows and stuff going on at the end of the, and you're like, I don't know, stuffed animals, whatever, uh, plush toys if you're at Disneyland. They don't call them stuffed animals because that's inhumane. <laughs> Big laugh. <laughs> Must be a touchy subject. Exit through the gift shop. Now, I, I think that this is really important because Jesus tells us at the end of the passage that when the word falls onto good soil, that people bear much fruit. And, and Jesus, he ends it with, with this idea because he's telling us that that is the goal, that our goal is to bear much fruit. Now, bearing fruit is a obviously an illustration. It's not a, a being literal. We're not going to like spend time in the word, like hear God's word, and then like apples are going to start coming out of our hands or something. Okay? Obviously an illustration it's not to be taken for real. So if you're like, man, I haven't grown any apples since coming to Christ. Maybe that's not my fruit. I, I don't know. Maybe it's kiwis. I, no, that it's an illustration. And what it means is that when we bear fruit, it is attributes of God being shown out of our lives. Okay? Attributes of God. So characteristics of God being shown in our lives. Okay? I think... All of us know that when we, like, get around a group of friends, maybe our best friends, we all start acting very similar. Yeah? And through the Internet, it has now brought everybody to acting the exact same way. And it trips me out. Is that we all find the same things funny, and we all know everything about all the same things. It's the weirdest thing. It's like we're, everybody's a big group of friends. But anyways, that when, when you're with your close friends – you guys all start having the same sense of humor and you got the same jokes and maybe you talk in like the same funny voices or make the same funny faces in your selfies. And then it's like this, it's just this weird thing where it's like you turn into the same person as like your best friend. And, and Jesus, it, what he's saying is that when you spend time with me, you'll bear much fruit. That when we spend time with Jesus, we'll start acting like Jesus. Okay, so and what I mean by exit through the gift shop is that God has given us gifts that when we are, are transformed by Jesus and we're and the gifts that he's given us has now given us our goals and our purpose that he has planned for us. OK, the, the thorny ground is is the de the deceit of riches and, and the cares of this world that we can get caught up in. When, when we're, we're thinking, oh, I need to plan out my life, I need to plan uh, what I'm supposed to do, where I'm supposed to go, what school I'm going to go to, uh, what classes I'm going to take, what major I'm going to have, what, you know, what person I'm going to marry, what job I'm going to have. And, and we can get stressed out thinking about all these things and all these cares that we have going on in our life. And, and it's just like, I don't know what to do. Let me tell you this, that Jesus, when you come to him and you start bearing fruit, the things that God's given you and the gifts and the talents and the interests, that will reveal the purpose that you have. 
So you don't need to care and you don't need to worry because when you come to Jesus and he begins to change you, those things will come naturally after it. It says that you will bear fruit. But if you are sowing into these, these cares and these worries that you have and, and, and these ideas that you have everything that, that's going on, you, like I need to do this and I need to do that and I need to go there, that everything that you care about isn't bearing fruit, but it's bearing more thorns, more things for the word of God to get caught up in and to get snatched. And also the things that when the seed, when the word of God falls, they'll snatch it before it even gets to the soil. And in this illustration that Jesus gives us, the soil represents our heart. And, and the, the, the cares and the worries of this world are the thorns that, that will catch the word of God from entering into our hearts. And that when we're caring and we're worrying, that only more thorns are getting in the way of God speaking to us. So you guys, you, could, you can come to Christ and be like, I, I want to please God. I, I, I want to do this. And then we, we care too much. We're like, I, I don't know what to do. And, and you feel like you have to figure everything out. That's just bigging, building a bigger gap between God's word and you. You, you track what I'm saying? So that when we, when we care too much about doing things on our own, it's like building a gap between God and us. It's like building a secretary for ourselves. Yeah? A secretary. God says, because I believe God speaks like this. He says, Hey, Shane, man. Man, I, I, I've, got, I've got some amazing plans for your life. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I did a, a, an acting tryout one time, and I used this accent. I got, like, a really great score, so I was like, hey, it works. <laughs> it's pretty good, yeah. So, sounds like Matthew McConaughey. In, in the podcast that we do, m people might think that Matthew McConaughey came on stage because they don't see that. It's obviously not Matthew McConaughey. Anyway, so I've got amazing plans for your life. I've got places that, that I want to take you. And I'm like, yeah, well, I'm, I'm going to this, this school already. So maybe after that, I'll do that. Is that cool? I don't have time at 3.30. I have a 4.30, yeah? When we start planning things on our own, that when God comes and speaks and says, look, I, I want you to do this. I want you to go here. I want you to be with these people. And then you say, ha, ah. So it's a nice try, but I, I've, I've already taken this great job um, uh, after high school. I'm going into the workforce, so I, I don't want to go do that, God, sorry. And, and so we can build these things that get in the way of where God wants us to be because we've already made a plan for ourselves when God says, look, I have these plans for you. You don't need to worry so much about building plans for yourself. You just need to spend time with me. Because we learn that when we spend time with Jesus, we start turning into Jesus and we start acting like Jesus. So we don't need to care about what we're going to do. And God's going to reveal what he wants us to do for us. And for me, that's huge. Because I, I, I don't like planning. I, I don't like having to, to worry about things for myself. I, I, I don't like driving. Gosh, I just told my car last week so I didn't have to drive. <laughs> I actually did. Pray for me. But anyway, I, I don't like 
doing things on my own. And that when we understand that God has plans for us, God has a purpose for us, we don't need to worry so much about what it is. We just need to come to God. We just need to spend time with God. We just need to spend time with what he has for us. We need to spend time in what he wants us to do. And then as, as we live, it just comes natural. That when we are focused so much on Jesus that everything else comes second. Everything else comes second. We need to stop worrying about what we're supposed to do and allow God to do what he's supposed to do. Because we can, we can worry and, and care so much that the thorns build up. And so when God is speaking to us, it just falls. just gets caught in the thorns. It, it just it gets thrown to the wayside. It gets stuck in, in the stony ground. That when we are like, God, I, I'm doing this. I, I'm already going there. I, I can't. I don't have time to listen to what you're saying in my life. I don't have time to, to have conversations with, with, with godly people to give me advice. I, I've already got everything figured out. And maybe you're like, I've got nothing figured out. I feel you. All right? I still feel like I've got nothing figured out. Okay? That it, it, when, when we come to that point is when God speaks the clearest. When you're like, I, I don't know what this guy's talking about, people having plans for their lives and like people having like goals. I literally have no idea what I'm supposed to do. That's the best place to be in. Just open up to God and say, Lord, I, I have no idea. The, the, the weird guy with the shoulder pads told me that you had plans for my life. And, and you, have, you have goals for my life. And, and, and just come to God, spend time with him, and he will start revealing that to, to you. And if you don't know how to spend time with God, just open up your Bible. Just sit down and, and pray that, that God would reveal him and speak to him. Be, be making a point to be spending times with good, godly people. Anyone in this room is a good match. If you're like, I don't know any good, godly people. Just look around. That, that we are here that to help, we are here to, to talk, and, and God is there, and he wants to speak, and, and he wants to reveal his purpose for your life. I, I've got one last story to tell if uh, the worship team wants to come up and uh, get ready. I didn't ask uh, permission for this, but I'll ask right now, Julianne, is it cool if I tell a story about us? Cool. That's my wife, Julianne. And uh, yeah, you! Come on. There we go. That's my wife. Uh, we met when I was 14 years old. And we started dating like a couple months after we met. So we were, we were 14 when we started dating. And, um, and you're like, whoa, aren't you 14 right now? I know, I look young. <laughs> no. Uh, we, we started dating when, when we were both 14 years old. And I knew myself as a 14-year-old, and I didn't make a lot of good decisions. I was a bozo. I, like, literally had no idea what I was doing. And, and we, we, we started dating, and I remember after the, the first summer, so we were, it was our freshman year in high school, and after the first summer into our sophomore year, we came back to school, and we were still dating. And a kid came up to me, 
He was like, you're still dating Julianne? I'm like, yeah. He was like, man, nobody lasts through the summer. <laughs> I was like, All right, I, don't, I don't know. And then we, we kept dating, and, and sophomore year ended, and then we um, went to different schools for our junior year, and uh, we, 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 we kept dating, and then we, uh, we both moved to California for school, and then she went home, and I was there, and we kept dating through this long-distance thing, and then we came back, and, and we had no idea what was going on in our life. She, she was, like, finishing up college, and I had, like, two certificates and random nonsense under my belt, like no education. And I was like 18, and I was like, whatever. And then I, I ended up going to barber school. That was uh, whatever school. And, and then I finished that, and, and, and we kept dating. And then God w opened up the door that was like, man, I can like propose, I think. I, I've got like, I have a job that's like pretty good. Like I can like survive. And, and, and so we, we get married, and the whole time I look back, and I'm like, I had no idea what I was doing, but God was doing it through me. What 14-year-old makes a good decision? I don't know. Him. Because, but let me tell you this, a couple months before, it was the summer before my freshman year, I heard someone share a Bible study, and they were talking about God's love for humanity. And, and he used the verse in John 3, 16, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever should believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And he talked about the idea, not that God loved the world, but that God loved individual people. And when I heard that, I was like, wow. I gave my life to God, and I was like, I want to please God. And so when I was focusing on pleasing God, that when I had the desire, ooh, maybe, I, I don't know, I like her, <laughs> that I, I was... I was pleasing God in my decisions. The, the Bible says in Psalms 37, uh, verse 3 and 4, I think it's on the screen, and it says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. This one's good. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. If you delight in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. Meaning that if you... Spend time with God. If you plant yourself in the, in the good soil with God, if you focus on spending time with God, that the decisions that you make, it won't be decisions that bear thorns, but it will be decisions that bear fruit. That when we spend time with Jesus, when we make the point, I don't, I don't want to make my own plans. I want God to make them for me. That when we make 